0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: Welcome to the Understanding Cancer podcast, a series of key conversations that bring together all you need to know about cancer, empowering you with information and knowledge. This 10 podcast series is brought to you by Discovery. My name is Sonia Booth. Each week we chat to some of the country's foremost experts in the fields of health and wellness for cancer prevention, as well as in cancer treatment. We are bringing you fascinating insights relevant to every person out there. Our sixth episode focuses on cancer and your finances. Today, I am in conversation with Certified Financial Advisor Claire van Weyck and Dr. Maruta van der Waal, Chief Medical Officer at Discovery Life. Ladies, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Let me start by making a statement that I think covers the way people think. There's an impression that we only need life insurance if we have a bond or family responsibilities to handle matters or support loved ones when we are gone. But life insurance has a role to play in protecting us while we are still alive. And an illness like cancer is a case in
2: point. So Sonia, that's a very, very pertinent question. When it comes to financial planning and looking at life cover, life policies and the benefits that are entailed in it, you actually need to sit down and do a comprehensive analysis of what would be the impact should something like cancer occur and how is this going to impact the rest of your life? Your finances, the debt that you've still got to pay, um, your commitments, children going to school, what about a loss of income? It's, It's quite a vast subject that should be explored comprehensively with a financial advisor. Yes, agreed. Um, one does not always appreciate all
0: the other costs that are there once somebody in the family suffers from cancer. The medical costs will, uh, if you're on a medical aid, it is a prescribed medical benefit, so that will be covered In the majority of cases But there could be other costs There could be co-payments But then all the other non-medical related uh, costs For example, loss of income And it's not just the patient's loss of income Maybe the spouse will have to take time off work Own business, get somebody else in to cover While they are getting treatment While they're travelling to get treatment They might need accommodation in the big centre If they don't live in a a big city, um, looking after the children and so many other hidden costs that people are not always aware of. And
1: then how do I make provision, I mean, for the possibility of future illness? Because obviously, the, you,
0: I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. Very important to take out your, what we call our severe illness benefit, which is also called dread disease. Um, when you're young and you're healthy, because as you correctly said, you just don't know what the future holds. And young people can also get cancer. It is no longer, or the perception that it's an older age disease is actually incorrect. We see a lot of young females in their 30s with breast cancer, Um Always the blood cancers had uh, early, like in their 20s, 20 to 30, a high incidence of blood cancers. Young guys with testicular cancer. So the it's not just an older age thing and young people do not need uh, severe illness cover. Um, so plan ahead. Start when you're early. Get your cover in place. Because,
1: I mean, you know, the people out there always say, no, why should I plan for the future? It's almost like I'm jinxing it. It's almost like I'm wanting for illnesses. I'm wanting for cancer to, to come knocking at my door, right? Isn't that what the thinking is out there that no, 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 You know, if I'm overly prepared for it, it means I'm really just calling for it to come knocking.
2: There, there is an element where people think psychosomatically that they're inducing this upon themselves. But I, I deal with... People of so many different ages, and like Dr. Marita said, my youngest client that has recently been diagnosed with cancer was 18 months old. And, you know, the parents are absolutely devastated. No one could ever have thought about this, and she actually lost an eye as a result of it. And, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been trying to convince the parents to take out Dread disease or severe illness Cover on their policies because We have a benefit Where your children can be covered on Your dread disease and Comes the time when you have Something like this happen it is too late To start thinking about Having the cover in place you need To really consider what would be The impact if it did happen It isn't a sure bet That if you cover yourself for it It is going to happen as a matter of fact Chances are It's not going to. But in the event it does happen, you're going to be exceptionally grateful that you've planned and provided for this.
1: So now that particular uh, client, are they not able to top up or upgrade at that particular time?
2: So the parents can add severe illness and dread disease. As a matter of fact, I'm seeing them a little bit later this month to add it. But the benefit for the child won't be in place because that will exclude pre-existing conditions and that that is one of the most important things to understand once you have a disease a risk benefits a life insurer has the right to decide whether they wish to accept to cover you for that disease or not and generally if you already have been diagnosed with something it's going to be a plan exclusion And and tell me about the need for me to speak to a
1: financial planner to assess my individual needs because we're all different, right?
2: 100%. We are all different and your needs are going to differ from mine. Sonia, how old are you? Only 39. Only 39. Now, 39 is nice and young. So you may have a family, you, you may have commitments, you may have a spouse. So at, at 39, the general idea would be sit sit down, let's assess. Should you die tomorrow, what is the impact on your family going to be? Should you get a disease such as cancer, what is the impact financially on your family going to be? And it really boils down to doing the maths around it. What is the income loss going to be? What is the additional supplement for education going to be? Do we have debt that needs to be considered at a high level dread disease such as cancer, what is the long-term impact of this going to be? How long is this potentially going to last? I mean, a lot of people think it's, you know, I get diagnosed, it gets cut out, and I'm, I'm back at work the next day. And sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes you've got to go through therapy to, to actually get back to work. And uh, chemotherapy, radiation can go on for six weeks at a time.
1: And I mean, especially when you consider family dynamics where the man'cause uh the dynamics at the moment is that men are normally the providers, right? so if a man now starts you know getting starts getting sick as the provider is unable to work and there's no additional income and i'm a
0: stay at home mum that that's that's a big worry right there very much so. Yeah, that is so. But uh, we must not underestimate, even if you're a stay-at-home mom and you don't have active income, but the value that you are generating through looking after the kids, doing the fetching and carrying, the shopping, the cooking, and organizing very often all the admin. If you have to get somebody in to do that, that is also a big financial burden. That's true.
1: Sure. These are the conversations that we need to have. I mean, as gloomy as they sound, right? There's no avoiding that. So now, do these um, needs and the, the, the provision required in the face of possible um, illness change when you go from being single to being married and having a family?
2: Absolutely. Um, when you're single, you really only have to worry about yourself. You, you may have people that are reliant on you but not necessarily dependent on you. When you get married, you tend to start a different journey in life, and that journey in life normally usually comes with kids, accumulation of debt, and a co-responsibility to, towards each other. So at each stage in your life, um, planning is different. However, the risk doesn't necessarily change you you are at risk of anything happening in your 20s in your 30s in your 40s in your 50s I think one of the most important things I I would like to to get out there is something like cancer can happen to anyone at any time in their life a couple of years ago I had a, a young client who had just graduated and she was 23 I tried to convince her as a part of her life cover package that dread disease is a good option for her. And due to financial constraints, she decided not to add the benefit on. And actually thinking back then, it was a very small cost. And six months later, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. Now we're eight years down the road and we're really struggling to get dread disease for her because it's a pre-existing condition. Even though she is fully in remission, it's still pre-existing. And that was at 23. And she she did kind of think she's not at risk. It's, um, you know, it's not her thing.
0: Yes, um that is exactly the problem that people, when they're young and they're healthy, uh, they do not realize that there is a risk. Yes, and for colon cancer, generally it was at older ages. But if you look at the medical statistics, there is actually an incidence in the younger ages now, an increased incidence. We're not exactly sure why. Is it diet-related, obesity, wrong eating patterns? Uh, But definitely that uh, previously it was an older age disease, and now it is... More common in the, uh, in the younger ages. Of course, it's also very important to think about your risk profile. You know, if there is a family history of colon cancer, breast cancer, one must be aware of that because it does put the client itself, even at a younger age, at risk. And that has implications on screening and the way that you're going to plan your finances.
1: And what do I need to know, I mean, regarding financial cover and benefits once I'm diagnosed with cancer?
2: What you need to know, if you have a medical aid, precisely how your PMB benefits on your medical aid work. It's important that you contact your financial advisor or your medical aid provider and ask them to talk you through how your medical aid plan works step by step by step. Often you'll be given a um, a case manager that will assist you in mentoring you through the whole process. It's it's a very stressful process. Uh, A lot of new procedures are going to be introduced to you and it's scary. It is scary at the end of the day. So that is what you I would suggest is the first thing you do. then, if you have a financial advisor also to inform them this has now happened to me, um, please walk with me, hold my hand, talk to me. Financial advisors are actually skilled at 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 how this works and how it 's going to impact you, especially your finances. If you do have that awesome dread disease benefit in place they 're going to instigate a claim, initiate a claim, so you can possibly, depending on the product you have, get a lump sum capital payout. Um, you may also have an income protector on, and that's going to come into play when you go for treatment or you actually cannot go to work. That is probably going to kick in subject to your waiting period on it. And for some amazing benefits out there, such as group risk, you may actually have cover at work, that you might not even know about that is going to assist you in your treatment period. Yes,
0: I think it is very important to be aware of your benefits. I think many people, as Claire alluded to, they don't even always know that they have cover through their employer. It's called group risk, and very often there is dread disease cover through your group risk policy as well. Of course, that would come out in a good financial needs assessment when you see your financial advisor um, the first time. Is What cover do you have in place? Very often people don't even know. They look at their take-home salary and they're not uh, aware that there is a deduction for group life cover and other benefits. So that is very important to know. And then also to take that into account with your planning for your individual life cover. Um, yes, and just to understand all the benefits you have, um, I must say that if you found discovery health, they are so helpful. But of course, if you have a financial advisor, let them take care of it and it's one less, ve- uh, worry to, to, to think about.
1: And in the process of making a claim, is it tedious? Is it smooth?
2: I, in my experience with my clients, it's, it's pretty seamless. It's, it's a matter of, um, filling in documentation, getting supporting information, evidence, histology provided from your doctor and submitting it into discovery in this instance where it is assessed. And we've got predetermined claims criteria. So there's some really good medical criteria that is predetermined before you put in your claim. So it's also a good guideline to know, okay, where am I sitting? What, What is my probability or my chance of a claim being successful?
0: And at Discovery, we have the unique feature that uh, if you are on Discovery Health, that it triggers a flag to Discovery Life. If you have a health and a life policy, that uh, certain codes, say for example a mastectomy, uh, that it would trigger on the life side, and that what we, that's what we call our proactive claims, and that. Discovery Life will see, oh, this client has severe illness with us and they will contact the financial advisor proactively and say, we see that your client has had this procedure Um, it might be a claim. Can we send you the claim forms? Oh, I love that.
1: Having peace of mind, right? Knowing that you correctly covered because some people don't know that you can actually be undercovered or is it something as being overcovered?
2: Um I, I would not necessarily say you can be over covered on dread disease. I think you can be very much undercovered or not covered at all, yeah, but I haven't come across aspects where I've got clients that have got too much cover on
1: dread disease yet because yes. you would advise them accordingly, obviously, based on their profile yeah. and risk benefits
2: hundred yes. percent, and uh, you know dread disease tends to be the more expensive of the life benefits um so a lot of people tend to bypass it. Because it's seen as an expensive benefit, but I think nowadays there needs to be quite um, good scrutiny when putting together a financial plan for a client to say, yes, it may be expensive, however, what is the impact financially should this dread disease occur? That's also going to be expensive. And I, I've had in the last year the the number of claims that I've put in linked to to cancer has increased. So you know, these are clients that are quite happy at the end of the day that they've paid that premium because not it has helped them to get through this period. It's not going to change what's happened, by no means, but it is going to make the the change period a little bit easier. So there's no underestimating the power of gap
1: cover, especially when it comes to oncology uh, cover, right?
2: Well, so I'm referring specifically to the risk benefit on on dread disease. We do actually have a product that links into the medical aid, which is called Gap Cover. Uh, with our product, there is a an additional medical expense provision for oncology and that once again is just another product in the market that you can go out and investigate which actually is not expensive which you can add to your portfolio that should this happen to you it's going to make life a lot easier for you
0: yes that's correct there is the gap cover and it's specifically designed to pay extra for your very aggressive cancers and where the uh, treatment is very expensive. Some of the oncology treatments can run up hundreds of thousands of rand and that's additional money to to cover that gap and uh, there is also a benefit in this gap cover where the cancer, the tumor, can actually be analyzed. It's called the exome sequencing where it's a a genetic test on the cancer to see exactly what the treatment is. It's called targeted treatment. Um, It's still in the early phases. There are lots of development um, on targeted treatment, but it is there and it's a very good idea to have cover in place that will cover uh, exome sequencing and targeted treatment.
1: And why is it that you don't cover for
0: pre-existing conditions? Look, uh, the principles of long-term insurance or short-term insurance is it covers you for a future event. Because if you insure your car, uh, it's covered going forward. You can't first bump the car, and then quickly go and take out insurance. True, because that's fraud. Is, is is that where we're going with it? Well, that? it's it's just the event has happened. The risk has materialized before the policy was in force. So sadly, um, unfortunately and sadly, it, once you've had cancer, there is a risk of relapse. Um, there is a risk Of Another cancer and that can be due to the underlying cause say for example smoking or it could be a genetic predisposition to a whole host of cancers or it can even be related to the treatment for the first cancer the chemotherapy and the radiotherapy. So once one has cancer there is a future risk of another event and um, so that risk is in the poli- it is in the policy going forward so but fortunately in discovery life we now have the cancer relapse benefit as well we previously once you've had your 100% payment for a cancer and you go into remission And it relapses or recurs. You've had your 100% there's no more cover. But we know that when cancer relapses, it's even more devastating from an emotional point of view, from a financial point of view. Because now you have to go to the next level of chemotherapy, which could be... More expensive And you have to have maybe Extra options like radiotherapy Where maybe you didn't have that before So the level of treatment Is increased And then of course The whole devastating emotional response The cancer is back So we are unique in the market Where we will pay again On the lifetime option uh, That we will pay For a cancer recurrence and while on that topic, I mean, the, the, I'd love for
1: you to enlighten me on your life insurance uh, products. Uh, importantly, the cancer and severe illness uh, stats and, and the trends.
0: Yeah. There's a difference between the male and female experience. In females, our cancer claims are like almost 50% of our severe illness. In men, it's a bit lower and then they have more of the heart and artery uh claims the heart attacks and the bypasses and the stents uh in females of course breast cancer by far the highest incidence and as i said before it's actually scary that it's at younger and younger ages in men older ages prostate cancer uh but in young men testicular cancer even in their 20s jeez scary it's very scary
1: and I, I are you in a position to tell me how much you've paid out for severe illness claims and cancer life claims or even an estimation? Millions? It's millions. It's definitely, millions. Definitely, definitely in millions. millions. I'm not
2: going to attach a specific figure to it, but it's yeah. definitely in the millions. Millions.
1: Anything else you'd like to add onto that regarding life insurance products?
2: As a financial advisor, I deal with this every day, and it's, it's actually commonplace, and I, I would never like to think I'm quite accustomed to it, but we're talking about testicular cancer. Just last week, I actually helped a client of mine whose brother has just been diagnosed with testicular cancer. He didn't know specifically which medical aid he was on, let alone how it was going to work. He, he signed a form to send it to me so I could tell him which medical aid he was on. And that, that to me, it, Really, just shows that you know you've got to really take an interest in these products that you're paying money for. How do they work? When are they going to trigger? How, how do I start using this to make it work in my favour? Should something go wrong? Um, so I think the awareness needs to 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 be out there. These things do happen. They're happening to younger people, people that generally we would have thought are not at risk. And from that point of view, I'm not going to comment on the statistics. But in my experience, a lot more of my clients are are younger and experiencing lifestyle changing diseases. And Marita, um, I I
1: would love for us to talk about um, exercise Mm. and other things that are that that, that prevent help to prevent uh, cancer. That is so
0: important. Um, And you know the guidelines for cancer prevention are actually the same for good cardiac health and good brain health. So the good lifestyle guidelines. Uh, First of all, I think top of the list is not to smoke. I don't think anybody should smoke, and specifically not people with a family history of cancer or any kind of cardiovascular risk. So smoking is just totally not allowed, so then um, exercise, as you alluded to, is so important, and there are guidelines, so the minimum is one hundred and fifty minutes per week, that's five times thirty minutes of moderate exercise. That's a good guideline because you can go for a brisk walk for thirty minutes a day that's actually not to ask too much to ask for. You don't have to spend hours in the gym, of course it is good to look after flexibility and Balance and agility And all the other things Weight training is good to prevent Osteoporosis and so on But the minimum minimum That we should all be doing Is the 150 uh, minutes a week Of moderate exercise Brisk walking is very good But if you prefer cycling Or swimming or tennis Or anything else, that's also good Then of course a healthy diet Now what is a healthy diet? Uh, Lots of fruit and veggies Little red meat Sorry for the bride day That's just once a day (laughs) Little alcohol Good fats Your oily fish um, Salmon, tuna, those kind of things Um, Your good Grains, no uh, refined carbohydrates. Unfortunately, your sugars, your sugary drinks, pastries, ice cream, puddings. Very little or no refined carbs. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, your fats, your carbs. Lean protein, which you'll get with your oily fish in any event. Uh, Low-fat or skim dairy. And then lots of fruit and vegetables.
1: And then the severe illness, uh, the capital uh, disability. Can you tell me more uh, about that?
2: Capital disability um, links into more your actual disability, so medical impairments and your occupational disability. You may well have a extremely aggressive or advanced cancer that may render you disabled Mm. occupationally or from a medical point of view. But I think the the product that is more relevant to cancer is your dread disease benefit, which can um, be a hundred percent kind of benefit or a tiered benefit, once again, just coming back to understanding how your product works and when it's going to pay out.
0: Yes, I think we have to just allude to uh, the difference between a 100% product that will always pay 100% even for the lowest stagings like stage 1 cancer or uh, it is a bit cheaper to go for the tiered benefit where if you have a stage 1 cancer, it pays out less than for a stage 4 cancer. And it's important to understand that and to make sure that you are okay with it because sometimes even a stage 2 cancer can have a devastating effect on your lifestyle and it can be a very aggressive uh, cancer. But generally your staging, stage 1, has got a much better prognosis than a stage 4 and that's why it's been tiered like that. But sometimes... People think it's chemotherapy after surgery and radiation. The impact is so uh, big on my lifestyle that it deserves the 100%. So I think that is something to go through with your financial advisor and to understand exactly how a cancer payment will work if you get diagnosed.
1: You know, I've been with Discovery for over 13 years, and I must say I have peace of mind knowing that I've got something like the uh, Lifetime Impact Severe Illness Benefit, but in particular the female cancer benefit.
0: You have the severe illness benefit, and then you can have over and above that, you can have the female benefit, and a separate benefit is the capital disability. And then there are still... um, You can select to have an independent child severe illness benefit over and above the automatic child severe illness that's included in the parent's severe illness. And then, I mean, the, the, the female
1: cancer benefit, you do get men that get breast cancer. So do you also have something similar?
0: Um, we don't have something for uh, men specifically at this stage. Uh, breast cancer in men, yes, it is possible. But only 1% of all breast cancers happen in, in, in men. So it's, it's obviously not that uh, high incidence. Clear. Claire? Is there anything else you'd well, like
2: to add? Well, I'm just, uh, I'm thinking about the, the, the breast cancer. My, my dad, oddly enough, had um, an incident where he had to be checked out for breast cancer not too long ago. Fortunately, it was nothing um, ominous. But, you know, once again, I think the awareness that needs to be taken out there is Breast cancer possibly is not just unique to women. It can occur in men, albeit it's at, at a much lower frequency. Definitely, but that's where the screening, where possible for for conditions like cancer, should be adhered to. You know, if you do have the history of cancer in your family, specifically colon cancer, going for regular checkups, i.e., a, a procedure called a colonoscopy, is is crucial. And having a medical aid that can assist you with that is something to bear in mind. Um, for, for women going for mammograms, it's very important. Going for pap smears is very important. Um, gentlemen going for checkups and doing PSA level testings is important. And, and these are things that we don't like to talk about because they, they're uncomfortable. They often, invasive and we, we don't like it so we tend to avoid it but you know, specifically at Discovery, at least you get your vitality points if you do majority Absolutely. of you them. Get, you
0: get rewarded <laughs> for you being go. active. I love that. You know, Very often people do things to get the points and in the end, it's I'm
1: actually guil- guilty, guilty as charged. But I mean, at least, you know, I'm I'm getting rewarded for being active. You know, it, it doesn't get better than that. What other benefits are there out there that people may not be aware of, but that may assist to lessen financial stress for someone who has cancer?
2: The minimum protected fund is an awesome benefit. If I use a minimum protected fund, it's at 100%. So the structure of our product uh, is a life fund, and attached to that life fund, you can have as a percentage your dread disease cover. What this particularly means is should you claim – On a dread disease incident It would reduce that life Fund value but The minimum protected fund Is a unique benefit to Discovery which means that Should your life Fund have reduced Within 14 days of diagnosis We are going to Reinstate reinstate it And that's why I use 100% So we can protect that life fund At 100% but moving On one step from there I I'm a fan of what we call our severe illness standalone benefit, which actually has its own little built in minimum protected fund that in its uh, little cell that should you claim out of this benefit, we can top up with the same principle at the same time.
1: So now, I mean, obviously once you've been diagnosed with cancer and I'm a working woman. So now how, how do I
0: address that with my employer? I think it's very important to be open about it. Generally, you would have a good relationship with your line manager, but there is also the um, human resources department, um, and they could also be very helpful in guiding you through your employee benefits and say, yes, but do you know that you have this cover? And... Um, I think people are generally very sympathetic and understanding when there's cancer, and um, there is you would have your uh, sick leave, and generally, if you're an employee, there might be uh, your income replacement if you need to be off after uh, after your sick leave has run out. For example, the sick leave would cover you for the first three months. and then your income protector should you need time off for treatment or because you are really not feeling well after the surgery, you're still on chemo. That uh, So I think it's very important to go to your employer or the HR department and discuss it, and people will be understanding and supportive. And, I mean, early
1: on you spoke about the group risk benefits. I mean, a a lot of uh, employees don't realize that there's also entities like the ICAS and other um, employee wellness programs.
2: Absolutely. I, I, I echo exactly what Dr. Marita has said. In my experience with all my clients that are undergoing treatment, the employers have been exceptionally sympathetic, even to the point where they've allowed annual leave from following years to to be brought forward and brought in as paid, early paid sick leave so that they can have extended, so my my, my clients can have extended periods or from work without impacting them financially and then allowing benefits from group risk or uh, personal policies to be able to kick in and then start covering the family for loss of income. Ladies, what other resources can you recommend that are out there for people to access? One thing I do want to say is be cautious with Google. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you also have a love-hate relationship with Google like most doctors, right?
2: <laughs> I, I I think there's a lot of information out there, but I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. I would definitely stick to the proven Channels Um the the cancer societies, your financial advisor, your medical aid provider, your life insurance provider, for the people that are going to give you information that is specific to you and not something that is very general and possibly going to cause you more emotional turmoil. So... I think those are the areas I'd certainly stick to. Yes, and then
0: also don't forget your general practitioner in all of this. Um, screening advice, if there's any red flag, um, anything worrying you, um, go and see your general practitioner earlier rather than later. It is so that generally cancers that are picked up earlier has a better prognosis and you can start with treatment for earlier. Claire, Marita, thank you so much
1: for sharing your insight and advice with us. I have learned a lot.
0: Thank you so much, Sonia.
1: To listen to all the episodes in our 10-part oncology podcast series, go to discovery.co.za forward slash corporate forward slash podcasts. In our next episode, we will explore the theme of emotional support for people on a cancer journey and their loved ones. We will learn even more from my chat with a breast cancer survivor who is also a counseling psychologist and with a clinical health specialist with the Cancer Association of South Africa. All brought to you by Discovery.
2: Please note that the advice shared in this podcast does not constitute tailored financial advice. Contact your financial advisor for advice particular to your financial needs. Discovery Life Limited, registration number 1966 slash 003901 slash 06 is a registered long-term insurer and an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. NCR registration number, NCRCP three. Triple five. This is cliffcentral.com.